Hello, everyone. I can't believe it. We've finally gotten past the launch week. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. This episode is going to detail 10 things that I learned working at a startup. The funny thing is, I'd actually recorded this episode a couple of weeks ago before I got laid off. So you'll notice there's a few times that I talk in the present tense as if I still work there. Um, That's because I did when I recorded the bulk of this episode. But I'm so happy that I've had some more time to reflect and refine this list and share it with you now. If you're interested in working at a startup, I hope that this list will give you a head start on showing up with the right mentality and the right frame of mind. Here we go. Number one, the learning curve is approximately 10 times what it was in consulting. That means everything will feel hard pretty much all the time until you crack it, perfect it, and move on to the next thing. Thinking back to my first few weeks at my job, I think I felt really overwhelmed and not sure that I was completely capable of taking on this kind of role. When you have to learn something new every single day, it definitely gets tiring. It takes a lot more mental and emotional energy to learn new skills than it does to continue executing on ones that you already know. So I was really, really drained in the beginning. It was exciting, but I also felt like I couldn't keep up. Now I think I'm more used to the pace and the rate at which I learn has definitely sped up. And that's a great skill that I know I'll be able to take with me to anything that I do in the future. Number two, treat everything as an experiment in the tactical sense. Like don't keep forcing features that aren't working. Get comfortable with executing quickly and just aim to learn something fast. In order to experiment effectively, You should always start with a hypothesis, some expectation that you think will happen as a direct result of the feature or the campaign or whatever it is that you're going to run is going to have. In order to make an informed hypothesis about what you want to experiment with, it's best to think about customers with a data-driven mindset. So look at usage patterns, look at the ways that people interact with your product today. Make some intelligent proposals based off of metrics that you think you can positively impact. That will all go into your hypothesis. Write out what you think the impact of that project will be on your key metrics. Then build it and build it as fast as you can. The key is don't delay. The aim is to get to an answer. Either it succeeds or it fails, and by how much. You wanna be able to get to that answer relatively quickly. The key is to fail fast. As soon as you put one failure behind you, then you can start your next experiment and try something else. Nine times out of 10, what you experiment with won't work. So it's just a game. Rinse and repeat until you find the one thing in 10 that moves the needle. Number three is a bit of a personal one. Learn how you like to learn. As I mentioned before, working in the startup world means that there's a lot to learn all the time. And you certainly don't need to go into a startup knowing everything. I definitely did not know everything. But what I think is important is for you to be able to figure out a plan to learn what you need to learn quickly. The first question I would ask yourself is, what level of depth do I need to know in order to successfully do this project? Think about how much time that might take you. Then experiment and figure out what medium works for you. For me, 
I like podcasts and audiobooks, no surprise, because I have no patience for reading. If you like reading, crack open a book or an article. I would set aside some time every day to do your learning, whether that's listening to podcasts, watching videos, etc., etc. But figure out what works for you and figure it out quickly because there will be no shortage of things to learn when you're working at a startup. Number four, on a small team, everybody needs to take accountability for their work. Say you mess something up at work. We all do. The best way to approach mishaps is to clearly explain what went wrong, take accountability for it, indicate to the necessary leaders what the impact of your mistake was, and provide the plan for how you aim to fix it. In my experience, people understand things don't always go perfectly, and we're all humans. But showing your awareness of the problem and your plan to move forward only increases their trust in you as a member of their team. Number five, get comfortable sharing often. The more you over-communicate, the better, because otherwise no one will know what you're working on and the value that you're providing to the company. Make it clear what you're working on every day. I do this a lot more now than I used to do in consulting, but the pace also moves much quicker. So the amount that is expected to be done every day is also a lot more. Number six, I think this one might be my favorite one on the entire list. And that is, you have to get comfortable being proactive instead of reactive. There's not always going to be someone to tell you what to do or assign you to a project. You have to have your eyes and ears open at all times, thinking about other areas of the business than just your own. That will give you the full awareness of what's happening with the product so that you can make informed proposals about what you think the most important things for you to work on will be. I really value someone who comes with ideas and a plan rather than me having to delegate work all the time because that's a lot of work. So don't make someone do that for you. Take action and take initiative. It will be highly, highly respected and valued. Number seven is a personal one but make sure that you do something that you feel aligned with. If you're going to join a startup, join one whose mission you actually care about because the content of your work will have a big impact on what you wind up doing every day. You'll have to look at all problems through the lens of the mission of your company and what problem they're trying to solve. So if you're not interested in it, you're probably going to burn out really fast. Number eight. Horizontal products are really hard to crack because they're not solving a burning problem for any one specific audience. There are some amazing horizontal products out there. And when I say horizontal products, I mean products that apply across many different industries and roles. Some great examples are Loom, Grammarly, Crisp, all high value companies. But it's quite hard to start out as a horizontal product because there's less of an immediate and urgent problem that people feel so compelled to pay you to solve for them. So it can make continuing to iterate on your product quite difficult. It's not impossible, but just know that the more specific you start, the easier your path will be. Number nine, the gap in time between thinking about an idea to execution is quite short. You don't really have that extra time to procrastinate and mull it over like I often would do in consulting. 
Typically, you need to be prepared to look at the data, make a decision that's data-driven within a day or two. The pace of this really took me by surprise. I had to make a lot of decisions before I really felt ready. And not sure what the extra benefit is that you get by procrastinating, but I don't know. I think it makes you feel more like you're ready to make the choice because you've had a bit more time to mull it over, even if all you've been doing in that time is ignoring the problem. Get what I'm saying? And number 10, I think it's fitting for this one to be last. When your head's down all the time, nitpicking at all the tiny details and thinking of the small ways that you can make improvements to every little thing, make sure that you take time to come up for air, yourself and as a team. Have a team discussion to see if you're missing any big opportunities. You need to look back up. Look at the view above the trees and not just in the forest. Chat with external people in your network to get a fresh perspective. Sometimes when you've been working on a problem for so long with the same people, you tend to develop a similar point of view. And it's good to get some outside eyes and ears on the problem. So there we go, you guys. This has been my list of the top 10 things I've learned upon reflecting on my time working at a startup. Do you know someone in your network who might be deciding whether or not to join a startup? It would mean so much to me if you would share this episode with them and give it a five-star review on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Next week's episode is a conversation with an incredible designer who I had the pleasure of working with at our previous startup. It was such a great conversation about authenticity, non-linear careers, working for overly opinionated founders, and how she landed a new job offer within five weeks after we both got laid off. It was such a genuine, authentic conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it next week. Thank you so much for listening to Professional Life Crisis. Look forward to catching you again for some more professional chit chat. See you soon. 